welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from PaintEd with Torlando. In this episode, Torlando talks with Tom Reber of The Contractor Fight about the mentality that it takes to be the author of your own success. Tom walks through gaining clarity for what we want our lives to look like and building the daily habits of consistency to see it become reality. Welcome to the Paint Ed Show. My name is Torlando, your host. So good to be with you good folks today. Uh, we are at the beginning of the year. This is the first episode that I'm recording of the year. And what better way to uh, kind of commemorate the, the first year of me doing this podcast solo by bringing on my first guest, Tom Reber. He's back on the show. And man, this guy, uh, he's, he's got a lot of cool things happening. Uh, you know, man, I'm so proud of this guy and how he represents the paint industry so well. Uh, he's got a book that we're going to be talking about here, Winning the Contractor Fight. Uh, I've read it. I can vouch for it. It's a good read. Uh, he's also, the, the show has just launched. Um, oh, what was the name of that show? Shoot. Uh, finish. No, that's my show. Oh, I'm going to bring him on. <laughs> He's going to tell the name of the show. Uh, well, maybe I'll edit that out. They probably won't. That's okay. At any rate, um, I'm so happy to have Tom back on. We got an exciting season prepared for you. We're going to start it off by bringing on Tom, of course, and then we're going to have a bunch of guests that are going to be featured at the expo as speakers. The expo is happening uh or uh, in Orlando, Florida, March 2nd through the 4th in 2022. Uh, the Expo is such an awesome place for painters to come together, learn from each other, uh, grow together, and hear from some of the finest speakers that our industry has to offer. Uh, wouldn't miss the Expo coming up in Orlando. Uh, so many great benefits to the PCA. Uh, you can find them all at PCAPaintEd.org, including bonus content like this on PCA Overdrive, 400 plus hours of video content, $5.99 a month for non-members and free if you are a member. Okay, I'm going to stop botching this and just bring Tom on so he can tell me the name of his dang show. Let's bring on Tom Reber. Okay, Tom, I screwed it What's up. What's up, man? <laughs> you know, for a minute there, I thought you said Expo was in Torlando, Florida. Ah, uh, see what yeah. I did there? Uh -huh, All right. Uh -huh. I haven't heard that, that one before. before right? <laughs> Never. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right, Tom, That's what's the name of this show? It's a, it's a real show. Yeah, Unfinished Business. That's right. Yeah, so it uh, we had our premiere uh, Saturday the 8th. I guess it was the 8th. Mm -hmm. uh, on HGTV, we recorded or filmed four episodes for season one. This was uh, week one. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go four Saturdays in a row at nine o'clock Eastern time, I believe. And then um, and then from there, it streams on Discovery Plus for a while. And then I guess they figure out if anybody liked it. Yeah. And if they did, we'll get uh, multiple seasons out of it. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. 
we've got the next Joanna Gaines right in front of us. That's right, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy though, man. No, but it's all all good, man. Yeah. So thanks for having me back, man. Happy New Year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy New Year. So, you know, now is a, a, is kind of a time where I think contractors are looking um, towards the beginning of the year. It feels, it always feels like a little bit of a clean slate in a way. However, at the same time, it, for some, it can be kind of a uh, scary place. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, I always talk about the winter in the paint industry being like, you know, evil Knievel uh, jumping off the ramp. And, you know, hopefully we had enough work and leads to launch us to get to the other side until the uh, until the spring season, the busy season comes. Um, some are in good shape for that. Others aren't. So mm-hmm. for some, it's a, a little bit of a nerve wracking period um, for others. Uh, they're not seeing a dip. And so um, it's an interesting place for a contractor to be. To me, I always think of it like, what do I want my life to look like? What does this year need mm-hmm. to look like? How are we going to define success? What are you? What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, from not only from your experience as a contractor, but as you talk to so many of the contractors in your program. Yeah, well, I, I think you hit it on the head with just having, you know, getting clear on what success looks like to you, what you want your life to look like, and I, I love the fact that you said your life. You know, most of us who are business owners, it starts with the business, right? You know, I want to mm-hmm. Business to do, and and instead, I'm a big fan of reverse engineering the life you want. Meaning, you know, how much do you want to work? How much time do you want off? How much money do you want to make and keep and put in your pocket? And um, you know, everything from your relationships to your health to the money side, you name it. You you know, the more clear we get on something, mm-hmm. more likely we're we're going to get what we say. But sadly, most most people, not just contractors, most people are just reactive. You know, this time of year, it's sexy to set some goals and they call them resolutions and then they peter out after a while. And I'm actually, I don't set resolutions. I I have goals that I've set and been working towards and it does, I don't need the turn of the year to, you know, like you, you know, I know you're the type of guy that sets goals all the time and you implement things and you reach goals. So, um, but it is the time of year where everyone's talking about it. So for somebody who's never maybe approached a new year with, real clarity, this will probably be a good conversation. Yeah, I think so too. So in your book, Tom, there are two chapters in particular that I think play really uh, well into this conversation. One is the chapter, it's chapter seven called the F word. And then the second Mm -hmm. is right after that, TikTok goes the clock. Um, Tell me about the F word. Yeah, well, it's not what everyone thinks. I'm, I'm known for my colorful language. So you are. I am. Um, in fact, that was one of the big, uh, the the network uh, HGTV. That was one of my biggest concerns. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> we, uh, I guess they allow me one one uh, bleep word per episode, and, okay. and uh, <laughs> I, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really use them to be honest. And even if I did, they could edit them out, right? So, yeah, sure. But anyway. Um, no, it's, it's not the F word. It's um, it, the words fanatical, you know, to me, that's um, and, and it's being fanatical in two areas of focus. One is what we already touched on is just clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what do you want? And most people can't answer that question, dude. I, I spend 
probably on average four hours a week planning my week. Mm -hmm. And I spend months planning my next couple years, literally like Mm -hmm. weeks and months. Um, I'm always adjusting the plan. I'm always trying to get more clear and I'm focused on this all the time. And I still have a hard time with clarity sometimes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, unless you're really intentional about it, unless you're, you're, you're living your life on purpose. And I don't mean just with a purpose, but on purpose, like the intentional Mm -hmm. actions that you take each and every day, everything that we do and everything that we don't do matters. And one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite authors, and I recommend everybody go read his stuff is a guy named James Clear Mm -hmm. and um, C-L-E-A-R wrote a book called Atomic Habits. He's got an amazing blog and website that I've been following for years and a really cool newsletter um, he just gets me thinking. And he he had said recently on a something I read or heard from him, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you want to be in the future. Mm. And that resonated with me so much. I've I've been saying for a long time, you know, I always ask myself my question, okay, that that future Tom that I see out there, um, that you know, we all have a vision for ourselves. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you're really clear on what that looks like. I ask myself several times throughout the day. What does that future Tom require me right now in this moment? So we talk a lot in the contractor fight about winning the moments. Everybody says win yeah. the day and stuff. I'm like, no, you got to win the moments. And we're, we're all presented with hundreds, if not thousands of moments of, and choices and decisions each and every day. And sadly, we're just reactive. We're just, you know, taking what comes and, and we're not on the hunt. We're not on the attack. And so that's really the heart behind the, the clarity piece is, get super clear on what you want, get super clear on what you don't want. Um, and then the second part of the fanatical thing. So fanatical clarity. Well, before, before I, before you go there, Tom, I want to comment um, mm-hmm. that idea of the, the future self uh, thinking mm-hmm. about that. The other day I was uh, taking uh, somebody to the airport and uh, had agreed, you know, to, to get them from a, uh, an airport that's a little bit further from the Indianapolis airport, which you've flown in out of. Um, I'd, but this was at the Cincinnati airport, which is about an hour and a half longer. And I was uh, on the drive back. It was pretty late. And I called up my best friend and he was like, whoa, uh, you must have you must have just thought that was a future Orlando problem. When you when you said yes, <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah. How many times do I make a decision that today that's going to mm-hmm. impact future Torlando. And I think, right. and I don't think too much of it. And that, and then, and then I'm mm-hmm. dealing with it. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they compound, right. They stack, oh, yeah. we stack wins, we stack losses, failures, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I, I say losses. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't lose. I just learn. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you, sometimes you get your face <laughs> kicked and you lose. Right. So, uh, and then it's now it's only a good you only fail forward if you learn from it and don't keep repeating the stupid decisions you made. Right. So. That's right. So another um, another yeah. question on this, Tom. Um, so you had you had mentioned this idea of, of getting clarity and and making adjustments. I, I remember um, early on in our relationship when I was just, you know, merely a, a, a spectator. You know, I was just mm-hmm. I was just watching you and you had decided to make a huge change that that moniker on your shirt the motor hard mm-hmm. and i believe you have a tattoo of it there it is motor that was that was a big thing in your life still seems like it is however 
you got to a point where you decided to rebrand yep. and have and make everything about the contractor fight. And and I remember you discussing and telling, you know, the audience that that was all about gaining this moment of clarity where you knew you needed to make a big change. Yeah, quick 30 second history lesson. This whole motor motor hard thing started as an apparel business. And, you know, I, I start, you know, and motor is, I didn't, I didn't get my old business logo on my arm. This is my personal mantra, how I show up every day. I motor, mm -hmm. I attack, and that's just my mindset. Well, I started an apparel brand. Um, and then somebody tapped me on the shoulder one day and says, will you come speak at our company? And then, um, and I needed a way to get paid. And I already had the corporation called the motor group set up. Yeah. So we fast forward into speaking and coaching that I was doing, um, it was just called motor hard at the time because I already had the corporation set up and, right. you know, and what I realized, and a lot of people have realized, um, if you've been in business, any sort of time, you know, sometimes you're, you're not delivering what your company identity really says you are. And, and it creates a lot of confusion in the marketplace. And I had a good friend of mine, um, who I've been coached by a guy named Ryan Mickler. If you ever listen to order a man podcast, millions of men around the world are in his groups and he's really mm -hmm. good. Dude. Uh, he called me out. He's like, dude, I don't know what you do, you know, and you need to get serious about this. And that was the end of 2016. So early 2017, and we were doing really well as a company. We we're growing, sure. making money and things were great, helping a lot of people. Um, but I, uh, I brought my right-hand guy, Neil, out from, from the Chicago area out here to Colorado. We hold up in a uh, bed and breakfast or an Airbnb, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for, for a couple days on the weekend. And we walked out with this thing called the contractor fight. Um, and it has been gangbuster since because of that clarity. Like it, it's who's it for and what is it and what do we do and all those things. And, um, and, the, and the contractor fight is really the fight between our ears. You know, yeah. it's the way we think, the way we think about our value and this and that. And what I've just seen in any discipline, I don't care what you do, athletics, business, whatever. Um, you know, if you don't deal with what's between your ears, you're never going to be as strong. You're never going to be as successful. Um, and so, yeah, I had that whole personal rebranding thing that we had to go through. And, um, you know, it's funny, there's a guy in one of our groups, he's um, he does epoxy garage floors in his company name. I forget the name of it, but it has nothing to do with it. Like you would never know. And he posted in our group. He's like, I think I need to rebrand my business because I'm getting all these calls for like, he gets calls for like concrete raising and repairs and things. And he's like, I don't even do that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it's funny. He started throwing out all these names and our, our group was like, dude, you're still not there with the clarity. Thanks, honey. Um, you're still not there with the clarity with, um, you still don't have the name floors in your business. Like just right. something that simple, right? We try to get cutesy. I yeah. think um, you see it in logos. I challenge everybody drive around. Every time you see a company vehicle lettered up, you can tell kind of who gets marketing or who's hired somebody who gets it and somebody who doesn't. Like if you're seeing like cursive writing on the truck and stuff that's mm -hmm. hard to read, then that person to me is just trying to be too cutesy and clever instead right. of having something big, bold in your face. And, um, and sometimes we just need that support system around us to call us out to get more clear on things. Absolutely. So, yeah. Donald Miller always says that cute and clever doesn't work. Exactly. He yeah, always does that. Um, so, so in the book, Tom, uh, you say that 
far too many people sabotage themselves because they lack consistency of action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's the, that's the second component after clarity, right? Yeah. So once you know what you want, you got to do the stuff that's going to get you there. And, um, you know, a lot of us think that consistency is, oh, I did it three times this week, or I did something twice this month, or I did it six days this week. No, it consistency is every day. Yeah. You know, it's there, there are no, and, and don't listeners don't take this the wrong way. It doesn't, when I about say this, it doesn't mean you don't ever take a day off, but you don't ever take a day off doing the things that are supposed to be done. Like you can automate some things to have, let's just talk marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, I, I ran a, uh, I ran a direct mail campaign once last year, or I wrote a blog, you know, and you know, I write a blog almost every week, or I don't care what it is. Um, you have to commit to showing up every single day to market your business. You need to, you know, we have a thing, a rule in the fight we call don't mess with the money. You mm -hmm. need to do your money tasks every day. That could be sending an invoice. It'd be selling a job. It'd be getting a signed contract. It'd be picking up a deposit. It'd be making a deposit, whatever it is. Don't ever mess with the money stuff in the business. That's why so many guys and contractors are just up and down in their revenue and their profit and their headaches because they, they don't commit to things consistently. Yeah. When I, when I coach football, you and I both coach football in the past. Mm -hmm. And when I was a coach, I, I would tell the kids, I heard this somewhere, but I would tell them success isn't owned. It's rented and the rents due every day. And, and we'd show up and yeah. I'd be like, all right, boys, rents due, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was for them such a, a clear message that said, okay, to yesterday, sure. We worked hard, but that's not, that's not going to be it for, for today. We got to keep going. We got to bring that same energy today to what we're doing. Yeah. So you said success. You got to pay the rent every day. I always say um, success doesn't care how you feel. Yeah. Right. Doesn't matter if you're tired. Doesn't matter. Like, you know, I got this shoulder thing and I got a heel thing going on right now. I have not slept well, but it doesn't matter. I still have to get up. I got to do the shit that I got to do, you mm -hmm. know, and all of that other stuff. Um, and so many times we let ourselves off the hook for the things that we need to do, especially when we own our own business, right? Because nobody's, we're not reporting to anybody necessarily. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I just want, and the result of this is also a lack of confidence. Like, like all this stuff is connected, man. If you're not clear on what you want, you're not doing the stuff every day to get you closer, your confidence isn't going to grow because here's how confidence is built for me. And what I've seen a lot of people is like, when I honor the commitments I make to myself, my confidence goes up. When I blow off the commitments I've made to myself, my confidence takes a hit. Mm -hmm. So if I say I'm going to go work out and I don't work out, if I say if I'm going to get up a certain time and I hit the snooze eight times, every decision that, that's why I said you got to win the moments, right? Every decision that you make that goes against what you said you would do, your confidence takes a dive. And that's often why just that simple concept is why a lot of people can't get to that next level in their income, their business, their health or whatever it is, because they continually just break promises to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good point there. So talk to me about the, the, the points of TikTok goes the clock. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. a good, it's, it's a good segue. You know, I, I hesitate a little bit because, you know, I know for me, um, especially, you know, in the, in the throes of my business that I had the tendency to uh, not put work down. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I take it home. Um, it put a strain on my, on my relationship. 
Um, mm -hmm. it, it stressed me out. Uh, I wasn't always making the right decisions. Um, you know, I think we have to find balance, but I, I, at the same time, I think there just has to be an understanding of when you're on, you're on because the, because, you know, the talk, the clock doesn't stop. Um, yeah. we only have so much time before we are done working period before we're out of the game. Right. hundred percent. And, you know, you talked about, you, you know, hurting your relationship a little bit. That's really what this is rooted in back to the clarity thing. What do you want your life to look like? And not, and let's just the chapter in the book, it starts with me talking about how I went on a cattle call, which mm -hmm. is this crazy sales call that had all these contractors at it. And these people, it's a residential oh, yeah. paint job. These ladies are, this woman's oh, like, yeah, I've been, I've been like yeah. That, right. Yeah. Fast forward. I'm like, this is a long time ago, man. I, I'm like, I got the job. Right. And come to realize um, all I did, which I had done hundreds of times in my career before I started really getting clear on how to sell um, is I was stealing time, money, memories, all that from my family, from myself, because I was wasting too much time running around writing bids for people that would never, ever in a thousand years be my customer. Yeah. And so that's really what that chapter is rooted in is about taking control of your sales process. And um, and again, sadly, this is where a lot of businesses are reactive. They're not proactive. Mm -hmm. They phone rings and they go, do you have a pulse and live in my service area? And they you run out there and you tell them how great you are with your fancy little folders and all this other stuff. And then you tell them you're going to work your price up and you go home and you work your price up and then they're going to think about it. And then you follow up other and witness protection program and you wasted how many hours right. of your life driving there, hanging out with them and just to be told no or whatever. And so, you know, we, we subscribe to and teach a, um, a process that, and it's funny, dude, I, I think we've talked about this before. Painters are the ones I get the most pushback from on, the, on our sales process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Painters can compliment or compliment a complicate a one man parade. I've never yeah. met a painter that doesn't complicate everything, right. okay? including myself many, many years ago. Oh, and yeah. what, I, what I've learned is um, you can do anything you want to do in your sales process because it's your sales process. You can, do, you can do anything in your business that you want to do because it's your business. All right. So that means if you want to charge quadruple what everyone else charges and deliver the best experience on the planet, you can do that. You don't need to give a crap about the going rate. It means if everyone else is going to run around, spend, you know, gobs and gobs and gobs of hours chasing people that will never be their customer and writing bids. A lot of guys like their badge of honors. I have 38 mm -hmm. proposals out there right now. You know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like proposals don't pay the bills, man. And yeah. so we, we teach people how to truly um, set themselves up for a success before they ever go out and meet somebody and spend their, their time on them. And, you know, we teach them how to have a simple conversation on a phone mm -hmm. and we talk about, you know, what's important to them, the motive. We talk about what the project is going to cost. And if we come out there and you don't give me a deposit check, you're going to give me a $500 consultation fee. Yeah. And this is rooted TikTok goes the clock back to respecting your time got like one of the reasons i mean we work with thousands of contractors over the last decade and i'll tell you right now most are making 50 to 60 grand a year most are up to their eyeballs in debt most of their health has gone to crap they don't do the hobbies they like to anymore the relationships and their marriages and all that stuff are not what they want them to be and it's rooted in how you see yourself and value yourself 
Yeah. We created a KPI called effective sales rate. It's basically what did I sell this week? Meaning sign contract deposit check divided by the number of hours I spent in the sales process. Mm -hmm. The higher the number, the better. It means you're more efficient. And dude, I'm telling you, we've got contractors from every trade, GCs, home builders, remodelers, painters, flooring guys, you name it, that are simply having a conversation, protecting their time, and they're making way more money spending 50% time or more less estimating and writing stuff up. And I know I'm extreme here. I go really extreme. Yeah, uh, for sure. But, but it's like, you should never type something up that you're not getting paid for, period. Yeah. You are not in the proposal writing business. And I can't say that enough. And it's it's rooted in your time. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I would sit down at night, miss family time, because I had just had to get this big bit out. And I'm right. up at 11 or 12 or 1 in the morning. And then before I hit send, I'm negotiating against myself because I, I don't know what planet we're on with the money. Yeah. So now it's like, hey, Torlando, based on what you're telling me, you know, we come out and we can do this project for, you know, this, 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 and this scope and really just blow the lid off this thing for 18 to 22,000 bucks. Or we can just come in and throw a couple coats on the walls and it's 12 to 15. Which conversation would you want to have? Right there. If, no, if you didn't listen to anything I just said, guys, just do that. Just bracket. Yeah. Have a, and because and, what will happen is the wrong people, the tire kickers, those that just aren't a good fit right now, they're going to go, oh, well, even your lower price range is 10 times higher than all the other guys. Yeah. Well, then there's no reason for you to go out there. No reason for you to type anything. We're not on the same planet. So that chapter, and I'm, I'm going to reel it back in as I get fired yeah. up because I, sure. I see how the relationships are burning to the ground in the trades because guys are running around thinking they got to give a bid to everybody. And that's the quickest way to steal time, money, and memories from your family. That's why I get fired up. So that yeah. whole chapter, man, is really just about the sales process and understanding that you are in control. Yeah. The customer's not in control. The prospect's not in control. You're in control. And when you learn how to communicate with people in the proper ways, um, your value of time uh, and the quality of that time and things like that increases for the better for you. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying here. And, and I can certainly empathize with people who are staying up. Uh, late putting out all these bids and and in the early days of of you know when I was contracting, uh, you know that was the story. You know mm -hmm. I'd I'd uh, it, it'd be I'd be overwhelmed. You know in the field and trying to do bids, and it's two three o'clock in the morning and I've got a pile of five bids to put together and send out, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know my wife sitting there asking when am I coming to bed. Yeah. You know, it, it just wasn't uh, it wasn't an ideal scenario. And that's really where I, I personally became an advocate for doing bids um, on the spot and delivering a price. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that back then I still hadn't simplified it to a place where where you've gone and where you lead others to go. Um, but I, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the listeners know that that I. Uh, uh, you know, pursued a different career track and mm -hmm. software now. But uh, what some don't know is that my brother, my youngest brother, he's 22 years old, uh, decided to start a, a business. And, and uh, he decided, you know, right away that the sales and marketing thing wasn't for him. He'd rather focus on the operations. And he enlisted me to kind of help him on a part-time basis. So, you know, mm -hmm. on a lunch break or whatever, I'll go out and, and do a bid. 
well, he's so early in the game where he, uh, you know, it, it's not in the financials to, to get a, a, a fancy um, uh, estimating software. So I just created uh, a PDF template that I could go out with my iPad, uh, write some notes down. I reinvented my estimating process so that I could shrink my process down to, to you know, about a 30 minute conversation. This can also be done virtually. By the way, mm -hmm. I did the last deal that I closed. It was a $6,000 deal. We closed it virtually. She just popped up her phone, showed me, you know, showed me around the room. And then I just pulled out that little PDF and started writing down notes and told her the, told her the price. Uh, that probably took me 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and here's the key. I learned this from a, a guy named Blair Ains. When you get to that point, and this is to avoid the contract and proposal writing, getting yourself out of the proposal uh, writing business, you say, uh, I'd be happy to write a contract if this, mm -hmm. if we have an agreement in principle, do we? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the key. I'd yep. be happy to write it. I'd be happy to write this up in a, in a contract if we have an agreement in principle, do we? And I have saved myself from writing contracts because people just don't have the money in the bank. The, that, that piece is so critical. Sometimes people just don't have the money in the bank. And you actually have to figure that out way sooner than we tend to. We tend to find that out two weeks after we've done the bid. We need to find that before we find out if they have the money in the yeah. bank before we go. And I think what you laid out, this idea of giving some, you know, some price ranges up front, the high price, the mid price, you know, what kind of conversation are we having? Mm -hmm. um, that tell that answers that one question. Do they have money in the bank for your project or no? And if they do and they're willing to keep talking, now we can start to engage. Is that fair? Yeah, you know, I think if you even peel it back more, it's the the reason most contractors don't do things like this is fear. Okay. And sure. The, the big word that I want people to understand what you and I are both talking about here, and I'll give a couple examples, is transparency. All right. We live in a day and age where you pick up this phone, you grow on your computer, you expect an answer for your questions immediately, you know. And so the best thing to do to weed out people that are never going to be a good fit for you is to have them not call you to begin with. Yeah. Okay. And that's why we talk a lot about pricing on websites and being transparent and doing project profiles and this and that. So that when somebody's on your website, cause dude, they're one of the most pop popular thing in any industry with the trades, the most popular searched thing or commonly searched thing is how much does X, Y, Z cost? People want to know they're sitting at home. It's 11 o'clock on a Sunday night or seven in the morning or whatever. Hey, how much does it cost to paint the exterior of a house? And if, and if you type that in right now, you'll see that it's Home Advisor, it's Angie's List or whatever they're called now. Mm -hmm. And all these other third party um, um, lead generation sites that are answering the questions and very few contractors are. Right. So this is this is a whole nother can of worms we're opening. Totally. But this is and we get mad at them for for underpricing yeah. our market. Right. Yeah. But we're not even creating the content. And and so talking marketing strategy, like our number one marketing strategy that we coach anybody through is be the best educator first and foremost. That is the number one strategy. All right. And you do that through creating content that's relevant, that's useful, that's helpful to people. You know, how to fix a hole in the wall or how much does a thing cost or how to wash the walls. All these things that people are typing in um, to, to Google. And what you'll find is that you'll have 
a lot of people not even calling you or filling stuff out because they find how much it costs. And they're like, well, that's too much. I'm not going to spend it. So they're yeah. pre-qualifying themselves, number one. So, but a lot of kinds, so this was rooted in fear. A lot of contractors like, well, I don't want my competitors to know what I'm charging. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, what if I, I hear this a lot. Like, I can't talk about money on the phone until I go rub my cheek on the drywall, Tom. Yeah, right. In person, because what if there's a site condition or unknown thing or more prep that's in it? Guys, there's always a way to communicate these things and protect yourself and protect the customer. And the last thing I'll say is about the customer. I've done tons of home improvement projects around the house in the last year, year and a half. I've done a lot of work. Contractors are the biggest pain to work with. All right. Every single one of them, except maybe two. And it's the two that are in my program, by the way. Sure. All right. So, um, but they all make price a secret. They, they think that like I call and I want it. I just want a number for budgeting. Like I, I looked at reviews. Okay. Yeah. This guy had like 300 and something kick butt reviews. I, I was like, okay, I clicked it. I called uh, or I, I'm sorry, I went to their website to see what it cost because I was going to hire them. I already knew I was yeah. going to hire them just based on the reviews. And they had nothing about pricing on their website. I just, not because I wanted to shop it, because I wanted to plug it into the budget and go, okay, I'm spending this on this. Yeah. For you a know, lot of people, it's, for a lot of people, it's, it's when can I do this project? This is the yeah. company I want to use. I just don't know when I can do it because I don't know how much it costs. Yeah. And, and then I, so I called and I said, Hey, I don't see any pricing. I'm kind of a jerk, but I go, Hey, I don't see any pricing on your website, which is kind of inconvenient, but I'm just putting a budget together. I want to hire, I said, I want to hire you guys Yeah. based on your reviews. What's X, Y, Z cost. Just give me a range. Nobody would give me a range on the phone. And that's just frustrating. So for those that aren't talking money, you're not talking money because your own head, your mindset is screwed up about your own value, what you're worth and money. You think it's a big secret. And I'm telling you right now, the people that you want as your customers, okay, are people like me, by the way, who have money, don't shop things around. You know what we want? We want an answer now. We want it quickly. We want it conveniently. Don't give me another to do. I didn't want to wait. The one guy wanted me to wait two and a half weeks to come out and look at the thing before he could give me a price. I said, dude, I want it done in a week or two. Yeah. I want to be on your calendar. And I'm like, can I just send you a video? I'll give you a video tour of the thing. Tell me what it's going to cost within three grand either way. I don't care. Yeah. All right. And this is another big thing, man. Right now in the economy, when are we, this early 2022 that we're recording this, everyone's talking inflation and all this other garbage and blah, blah. I'm telling you all right now, because I'm seeing this in our groups. Okay. So that's yeah, why sure. I'm, I know a few people are thinking of it. More contractors are thinking this. I got to be more competitive because inflation and all this other garbage and blah, 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 and the economy and inflation. And I keep hearing inflation. Inflation is not your problem as a business owner. It's your customer's problem. They want the thing you do. They're paying for it. Charge what you need to pay. Like yeah. quit being a wuss when it comes to raising your prices and making at least a 50% gross profit or better on everything you do. You're worth it. All right. And the right people, because Torlando, you know, this being a painter a long time. Yeah. Everybody's like, I'm going to market to the high end people. I'm going to market to the people that have money and all this other stuff. Okay. Well, let's just say you're going to do that. Guess what? Those people don't care that a turkey is $8 more this year. Yeah. Those people don't care. I, I haven't looked at the price of gas in God knows how long. Yeah. All right. And so, and, and the people that are concerned with the little petty crap like that, and 
please understand, I know there's a lot of people that are in financially hard times and things like I get that. I acknowledge that. But that's generally not our customer. Okay, so your customers, they don't care about those things. Add the value that you need to add. Be confident in your pricing. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. Let the math be the bad guy. Yeah. You know, and so it's so many times contractors are making other people's money problems or, oh, we don't have that in the budget. And they're now taking it on them as their problem. Like, I got to find your money for the project you want to do. Not happening. Yeah. So, and this is, a, this is a way you think thing. This is nothing to do with strategy, tactics, how pretty your proposals are. None of that garbage. This is how you think because you will always get more of what you put in here. Yeah. If you keep telling yourself people are cheap. I can't sell a job over the phone or talk money with somebody. Then you're going to, your brain is going to find more evidence for what you're telling it versus you flip it. You go, man, there's plenty of people out here that would pay five times the quote going rate to have a great experience with a company like mine. Let's go find them. Yeah. Your brain will find those people. Yeah. Your reticulate, reticular activating system to be more specific. Your RAS. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you know this is this is an interesting you know topic because it because because it brings in these 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 elements of just excuses and head trash, mental head trash that stand in the way of us going out and and getting these things. And and inflation is a good example of that. You know when you really pay attention to businesses, and I and I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Um, every industry has been having the conversation of here's how to charge more. Here's how to charge more. Here's how to charge more. You need to charge more. You need to go get what you're worth. Every industry has that conversation. Uh, and, and it's exploded because of the internet, because of yep. the way that's happening. So if every industry and every corporation and every small business is having the conversation of you need to charge more money for your services and here's how, then what is going to happen? Everything is going to cost more money, period. <laughs> so, the, so the consumer is going to have to get used to that. Um, but like you said, the thing is, is if they if it's something that they want and they believe that you're the one to deliver it, they will find the money. They'll find the money, even if they have to wait a month or two for more you know, checks to come in or, or whatever. They will find the money. Um, but if you go in with uh with a lack of confidence and you're unsure about your pricing and you're unsure and and they they can smell it off you they really know if you go in and you're and you're desperate if you are if you don't feel like you're in a position to be selective okay and a lot of that comes from the fear and hunger like you mentioned a lot of it comes from this time of year being so afraid of when the cliff is going to fall off that you uh that you're not willing to just go in confidently and and because you you know that you need that job yada 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 i i'll tell you the greatest lesson that i've ever learned in sales is to not care whether it whether i win or lose it yep. i mean it, it it just makes a huge difference yeah you, you market like your your next meal depends on it and you sell like you're independently wealthy like sure. that, just yeah. that mindset. Like I don't need the money, and it doesn't mean you're a jerk. Doesn't mean you're rude. It just means like eh, you're not attached to the outcome. You're attached, and this goes back to the consistency thing that we talked about. Like, um, and success doesn't care how you feel. You just got to check the boxes every day. Work on your brain. We have a thing in our world called an FW hashtag FW. I won't say it all, but it, the F word is what you think it is, or the F and the FW. <laughs> in that one, it is. Eh? And the second word is winner. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's our, that's our a player. That's our kick, butt 
producer type person. So when somebody goes, man, you're an FW, that's you're an FN winner, right? Yeah. And so we have a thing that we created over the years called the FW day. All right. Everybody's got, you know, how to approach the day and win the day. And what we talk about winning the moments, the FW day starts the, it's a circle. The center of the circle is you it's get oxygen, take care of you charge what you got to charge, you know, get the rest you need, work out, read, fill your mind, whatever it is with the stuff each and every day consistently you work on you. The next ring is your people. And for me and for everybody, that's my immediate family and that's my team, the people that I work with and employ and whatever. And how do I feed them? And then the next ring is now I'm going to build the empire, okay, and build the business and this and that. And then the final one is we call stack the wins. What's the one additional thing I can do today above and beyond in any area of any of these things in my life that will compound over time? Right. So if you just said, I'm going to add a pick an easy one, I'm going to pay, I'm going to add a 10 minute walk every night mm-hmm. to stack the wins. That's going to compound in a good direction over time. So each one of these things that we have has requirements, boxes to check, things that we need to do. And success doesn't care how you feel. Yeah. You have to continue to show up. And that's again, when you honor these commitments to yourself, your confidence grows over time, your value grows. And the way you see yourself and that becomes contagious and people want to pay you. They want to come work with you. They want, they want to come work for your company. A lot of guys are like, I can't find employees. Okay. You can't find employees because you're not attractive as a leader. You're not setting an example as a leader. You're putting it out to the universe. Like nobody wants to work. You're going to tell me in your city of a half a million people, you can't find three or four people that would be great employees for your company. Right. You're just attracting them. And I keep saying attracting like I'm some woo-woo guy. You know me enough to know. I just know there's power in the mind. I don't know how the yeah. stuff works. But whatever you put your mind on, you get more of. No, I mean, it's uh, it's 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 not like it's not unlike dating. You know, uh, you do have to you do have to be attractive, uh, you know, in some way. And yep. and I think for for that, you know, for the in that example, the energy that you're putting out, maybe I am a little more woo-woo, but. <laughs> the energy that you're putting out is that you think uh, people don't want to work. You yeah. know, do I want to do I want to work for somebody who thinks that nobody wants to work? What mm-hmm. are they going to think about me when I'm working my butt off? They're going to think I'm lazy, even though yeah. I'm working my butt off. I don't want to work for somebody like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you will get I mean, this is back to the clarity thing. But one of my business partners is named Steve. Um multi-millionaire retired 30 years ago had the world's largest swimming pool maintenance company sold it for some sweet money um and then he started a water feature business because he was bored mm-hmm. um in 2001 he just sold that the the whole thing at the end of 2020 to his uh two guys that started as laborers for him now they bought him out um for a few million bucks as well steve would do a million and a half a year it is water feature business. He did multi-millions in the pool business. He'd do, mm-hmm. he'd do a million and a half, million seven. He'd put 600 grand a year in his own pocket as the owner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you rewind, reverse engineer his success, the day he started his pond business, the year he started it, he built his first water feature the day after the towers came down on 9-11. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just for yeah. history scope, right? Yeah. He made a commitment, clarity, I will not get out of my house and leave my driveway, get in my truck and go anywhere unless I'm going to put $1,000 a day in my own pocket above and beyond everything else. And that was his rule. And guess what? His first year, he 
he worked 80 days and he made about 80, he paid himself 85 grand in the first year. And every year after that, after that first year, he never paid himself more, less than a quarter million dollars personally mm-hmm. as a business grew to where it got to the point where it was then, you know, four or five, six, sometimes $700,000 a year in his own pocket because he was clear. And this, if I could just choke some knowledge or some belief into contractors in general, guys, you can write your own ticket. You get to call the shots. You don't need every customer. Steve didn't need hundreds. He needed in that first year, 80 people in the Baltimore area, right? right? And wherever you guys are, you don't need every stinking job. You need the right jobs. Um, and here's here's the other cool thing, man. And I know painting painting is is so labor intensive. You know that you do a ten thousand yeah. dollar bid, maybe what twelve grand, twelve hundred is material, fifteen hundred is material, and everything right. else is labor. So I get right. it. We need we need manpower to produce. Hundred percent understand that. But when you charge more, your margins are higher. You need less people on the street to pull off the work because you are making more money. And when you're making more, you're paying your team more. Now they want to stay. You're building a better culture of this is how we do things here. Dude, I've seen tiny little companies that have four or five people doing, you know, 2.73 million bucks at a 60% gross profit because their mind is right. Has nothing, I don't say nothing to do with the tactics, but I think business 90% between your ears, 10% math. Okay. And so I just want to encourage anybody listening. Now there's always somebody that's gone, um, you know, like they bark at my 50% rule. First of all, I didn't invent 50% gross profit, right? I've right. just realized it's funny. I've, I have people that'll hit me up on YouTube, dude. They'll be like, Hey, so your 50% rule. And I'm like, you know, this like gross yeah. profit, this thing I invented. Sure. No, but it's no. like, just, yeah. it's, if something costs you a buck, charge at least two. Yeah. That's it's easy and it works is the yeah. thing. That's the fastest way for somebody who's starting to set the tone and make money right away. It's the fastest way to get out of the financial gutter, pay, start paying yourself what you're worth and paying off debt or whatever you have. I acknowledge, I've always acknowledged, there comes a point in any business as you grow and scale and size, you might come to find that your sweet spot for close rate and job size and everything is a 42% gross profit. That's fine. But for 99% of the contractors that have no idea um, First of all, they, they have limited mindset about their value and money. And then number two, they have no idea what their numbers are. They don't track anything, blah, blah, blah. The 50% rule is the easiest way to start making money. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, so this, this episode, I think, and, 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 and we've, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of things, but I do think that all of this comes back to defining what success looks like and defining what your life looks like. Uh, Tom, how have you done that for yourself? Last question. Yeah, no, great question. Um, so I'm pulling up something that's on my phone. So I write it, I have it on my phone and this and that I call it, uh, my standard. Um, and let me pull it up here. So every morning, um, I remind myself who I am, who I'm going to be, who I'm, who I'm working towards. Um, I have a thing called my code. It's how I show up every day. And it's certain phrases and words. Like one of them is uh, be like water, right? Water always finds a way. It's consistent. It's always coming. It's always um, another one is, uh, you know, mediocrity dies today. Like, so these are things that I'll read to myself. I'll write down uh, every morning probably takes me 
10, 15 minutes to go through this part of my morning routine. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I get into a section called watch me. This is just me, where I'm going, who I am. Um, A lot of them are, they're they're affirmations that are, a lot of them are personal, who I want to be in the home with my queen, with my kids, our kids and things like that. Uh, Some are health focused. Um, You know, another affirmation of clarity that I say all the time is I, you know, I'm paying myself a million dollars a month in personal income. Now I'm not there yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're light years of where I was at when I started saying this, because when you start putting things out there about who you're going to be, you reverse engineer. I go, okay, if I'm going to, and I have another one that says, I'm also giving away a million bucks a year. Okay. The fight is giving away a million bucks a year. Somehow, some way we're doing that. And so when you get super clear on these things, you ask yourself, like we talked about at the top, okay, what's required of me today to get there? And I have, I have three things every day that, um, you, you know, are geared towards getting me. So I mentioned earlier the get oxygen and then my people and then the kingdom and blah, blah, blah. I have three things in each one of those areas of my life that are implementation actions that I do to support the things that are on the thing that I read to myself every day. And um, as long as I check the box on those three things in each area, I won the day. Yeah, because I'm in the moments. So that that's a. I mean, I have example after example, but like who I'm engaged to now is the result of the clarity that I had of what I wanted my relationship to look like. Um, you know what the contractor fight looks like right now is is the result of the clarity that I had in Breckenridge in 2017. Uh, what my bank account looks like right now is an exact representation of what I told myself it was going to look like. But none of that. I am stuff and affirmations and this and that. I even have another never do it again list <laughs> that mm-hmm. I read. Sure. Uh, but none of that happens if we don't execute. Okay. And that's where the clarity will help in what you say no to and what you say yes to. There's a lot of things that I don't do. I, I don't do more things than I do. Yeah. Right. Because I'm spending my time, my focus, my energy on the right things personally. And then what's cool, man, is we've trained and worked with our team in the contractor fight. We have a bunch of other coaches and back-end admin people and marketing and this and that. Everybody knows what the clarity is for their role. And so it doesn't mean like, you know, I'm not going to do something in the business. It doesn't mean it doesn't get done. It just means it isn't my role. It's not my sweet spot. Right. And so a lot of people don't take the time, even with their own team and their companies, to determine, you know, what everyone's role should look like. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good, Tom. I, you know, I, I think about you when I, when I think about you, I think back to those moments in, in, in my own life where, uh, you know, I had those doubts of whether or not I could be somewhere. And I, I remember being in, you know, in your classroom and, uh, you, you know, putting those, those ideas, those, 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 uh, you know, those admonishments to, to, uh, tell yourself where you want to go. And I remember telling myself, I could, I could do what Tom's doing. I could, Mm -hmm. I could speak in front of this, this group. And I remember when you keynoted at Expo and I thought to myself, I could keynote Expo, you know? And I remember, uh, (laughs) I remember driving you to the airport and I asked (laughs) if I could be on your podcast and in so many words, you basically told me no. And I thought to myself, I'll be on a, I'll be, be my own freaking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and 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 that you just you there is there is something to this mindset stuff you just have to Mm -hmm. to 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 believe it and see it and just go do it and and the thing is is what i love about what you said is get checking each of those things off on the box that's the win you can't always control the outcome right right that is largely not in your control especially when it involves other people if it's if it if it involves other people's choices and decisions the outcome is usually out of your control but what you can control are the little acts that you do every single day all those little things that yep. just stack up wonderful conversation tom tell us where you can get the book contractorfight.com forward slash book you can grab a uh just pay shipping and handling the book's free uh, I do recommend that if you are overseas or out of the United States, you might, if you want it quicker, Amazon's probably a better bet because shipping and handling to some of the other places is more than the book is through Amazon. So, sure. uh, but we're on there, uh, but, but either way. Yep. Yeah. And one time with your show, we want to encourage, we want to support you and, and make sure that you, uh, you know, become the most famous HGTV host in history. Yeah. It's called unfinished business. And, um, we filmed four episodes. The first aired on January 8th and the next three should be the next three Saturdays, whatever. What's the eight, uh, 15th? Is that the next uh-huh. one? I guess. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I believe they're all at nine o'clock Eastern. AM PM. So, uh, PM. Yeah. PM. PM. And this, in the yeah. premise of the show, it's uh, y- you go into jobs that have been abandoned, right? Yeah. Well, so for, whatever reason a project is stalled. So the one we did the other night was a family that moved into a house. And for seven years, um, the kids have been using the master bathroom with the parents. The Mm -hmm. kitchen has stalled because the husband tried to do some things and they had some medical emergencies and some other things that prevented them from really getting this. The the real issue is they didn't have a plan. Right. And, um, and so I come in, uh, I have a GC that's on the team with me. uh, And then I have a designer uh, I come in and help get to the root of why the project stalled and how they need to take ownership for their, their choices and their actions to get them here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you buy a house, right? You move in with your wife and she says, I want to remodel the bathroom. You go, baby, we don't need to hire that out. I can do it myself. And seven years mm-hmm. later, she's still washing her hair in the kitchen sink, right? Like right. that's a lot. It affects the family and, and mommy, daddy time or whatever you want yeah. to talk about. There's a vibe in the house. And, um, and so what I'm excited about is I get to be, my role on the show is the host is more, yeah, we're, we're getting their projects done and that's important, but we're, we're really working on some character things, communication things, learning how to set a goal and see something through and get clarity and consistency. Like we were talking here. Um, that's what I'm most fired up about. Cause I believe how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So right. if you are got unfinished stuff happening at home, uh, with a project, you probably have unfinished stuff in your career, your health, your relationships. Um, there's always patterns, both good and bad. So, um, so yeah, I appreciate you letting me come on and talk a little bit about that too. And if anybody likes it, go uh, tag HGTV and the hashtag unfinished business and say, Hey, great show. Awesome. So a couple seasons, man. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. All right, there we have it. Uh, Tom Reber, uh, man, I love talking to that guy. He uh, he always energizes me, pumps me up, uh, makes me think uh, about you know the stuff between my ears. Um, always uh, such a pleasure to have him on the show. 
If you want to go and see more episodes like this, go to uh, PCAPaintEd.org backslash, um, I think it's PCA Overdrive, and, uh, and check out this extra content. So much great content there. Um, I'm hoping to see you guys at the Expo in Florida, uh, March 2nd through the 4th. I'll be there. I'll be speaking. Um, and there, there's a, we got a great lineup of speakers, really great stuff to get you educated and pumped up to, uh, to do some good work, this business. Thank you for listening. And my name is Trolando. This has been Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.